and welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. I am your co-host, Lizzie. And I'm Stacia, and we are here to deliver all things weirdness wellness. And today we are excited to introduce a two-part episode series. Mm, mm, mm. Really, the overarching theme is codependency. (laughs) (laughs) Something that as Lizzie has a PhD in veganism, I believe that I have reached mastery level of codependency. (laughs) Having struggled with it for 31 years of this glorious life I have lived and one year into my recovery. So there is hope, but it's definitely something that is near and dear to my heart. And I'm excited to deliver it to you. So what you have to look forward to is we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what exactly is codependency, because I know for a lot of people, this might be something new or a term you've heard a little bit about, but you don't really know what it is. And how does it look in real life? What is a codependent relationship? And how do you know if you are codependent? And those are going to be some of the questions that we dive into this episode. And then our part two, will be exploring what recovery looks like and what are tools you can use to help in your own journey towards healing any codependent behaviors patterns that you have in your life. Mm. Wow, that was so just articulate and succinct. I'm very impressed. Yeah, and I'm really excited to dive into this because kind of like you with veganism, I don't really like know a ton. I mean, I know from you, but I don't really know a ton about this. So I'm excited to learn more. Well, thank you for being open to listening and hearing all (laughs) about it because it has been a journey. So (laughs) buckle up, people. (laughs) You're in for a wild ride. Uh, Hydrate. Okay, so my first question that I feel like is a natural way to start with is what is codependency, Stacia? Educate us. Yes. So, I mean, (laughs) this is definitely a long-winded answer because there's so many things that go into codependency and it presents itself in a lot of different ways, but I've compiled just kind of a list of quotes and resources that have helped me to understand what codependency is. So essentially, I'll start with what if you go to coda.org, there are a ton of resources. That's the 12 step program that I use. But if you go to their main page, they ask answer the question, what is codependency? Mm. And I love what they say, because I think it perfectly sums up (laughs) what my life has been. So it says, somewhere along the line, we learn to doubt our perception, discount our feelings, and overlook our needs. We look to others to tell us what to think, feel, and behave. Other people supplied us with information about who we were and should be. It became more important to be compliant or avoidant rather than be authentic, and we adopted rigid beliefs about what should be. We believed that if we could just get it right, things would be okay. When we got it wrong... Our sense of security and self-worth evaporated. I feel this deep in my soul. (laughs) Yeah, so I think it's something that uh, I think to a certain extent we all might relate to certain feelings of codependency. Absolutely. Because a lot of our unresolved trauma or things that we went through in childhood have led us to develop certain codependent characteristics, habits, etc. And I think it's just really putting yourself on a spectrum of where you're at when it comes to codependency. Because for me, it was like, I felt I feel still to this day that I was like very much so on the extreme extreme end of codependency. And perhaps others are more like medium to light levels of codependency and how it affects their life. Absolutely. So that was kind of a good 
the starting point for me. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what is codependency in a more like list form might help you to identify some of the characteristics of it, but it generally presents itself as low self-esteem, poor boundaries, people pleasing. Can I get an amen? What, what? <laughs> Excessive caretaking. So that generally is like putting everyone before yourself. Mm. Controlling behaviors of others to feel okay with yourself. It can be emotional addiction. So having high emotional reactivity to life situations as well as just being addicted to your emotions, which is not a fun place to be at. I yeah. can tell you that much. <laughs> And your inability to understand or communicate your thoughts, feelings, or emotions. And so when I read this list, like, it took me a while to get to the point where I could recognize how all these things presented in my life. Because I definitely was not, did not have the level of self-awareness that I have now to be like, oh, yep, that's me. To a T, check, 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 check. That was just now in hindsight being able to be like, okay, this is how it presents itself. And yes, indeed, I meet most of the criteria for what codependency is. And I also, I mean, I have so many freaking resources to give you all. I'm so excited. One of my favorites. And again, we'll include everything in the show notes. I have a list of all the things that I have included and... uh, my favorite person on Instagram is the holistic psychologist. Oh, I love she her. She's a babe and a half. And just all of her resources on healing have been so incredible. And she provides a lot of really good resources on codependency because cool. she herself is like an acclaimed recovering codependent, which is super awesome because actually funny side note, when I was in New York, I got to go to a event, a speaking event that she was at to meet her afterwards. (laughs) And we had a little chat and I was just like, thank you. And like, uh, I was like, I'm so codependent. She's like, oh girl, I feel you. It's the (laughs) hardest thing. And I was like, yay. And it was such a beautiful moment. But she is just a really, really incredible resource that has helped me along with all the other things that I've been doing in recovery from codependency. She's just been like a really big shining light. Mm. And I recommend you check out her resources because she's always posting super helpful she things to help you to identify stuff. Stuff Like literally everything it's she insane. posts, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this is me too. Wait, this yeah. is also me. Like she's just the best. And I'm, I'm feeling, Stacia, as I listen to you describe this, I feel like a lot of our listeners are probably going to realize that, or just people in general, that they struggle with codependency because it seems like it's kind of like the silent killer, 100%. if you will, that's like fucking everywhere that none of us realizes there. Yeah. And I think given the way we were raised mm. and again, no like uh, shaming to our parents because they did the best with what they had. But essentially, I think most of us grew up in households where we were not validated in the way that we need to be validated in order to have a really good sense of self. Yeah. And so I think it's very common for people to develop issues that are present in codependency. Cause I mean like what is codependency? Low self-esteem. I know a lot of people that suffer from low self-esteem. Totally. And that is what leads then to codependent behaviors. And that's not always, I mean, it's, Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to go on a different tangent, but I don't I want love to. So it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there <laughs> Tell eventually. Tell us everything, but, <laughs> Stacia. This is fascinating. I really liked the holistic psychologist's definition of codependency as well, because this is one that I think if you reference our episode on 
taking care of yourself, that that was such a huge part of my recovery was learning how to take care of myself because how she puts it, it is codependency is the chronic neglect of self Mm. in order to gain approval, love, validation, or self-identify through another person. And this one to me definitely is just like, yep, one sentence that pretty much sums up my entire life. And I was definitely guilty of neglecting myself my entire life. And the way that I perceived myself, like, again, this is years of therapy and recovery, but (laughs) how I perceived myself like my entire life was I sent out who am I to the world Mm -hmm. and then filtered it through And they sent it back to me to tell me who I was. And I accepted that as fact and internalized it as my truth. I never learned how to check in with myself to discover what my truth is. And I always looked for the outside world to tell me who I was, which the outside world didn't have a lot of great things to tell me about who I was. (laughs) And I feel like to your point, that's so like generational almost just of like the resources our parents had and what Mm -hmm. they thought was like good parenting. Because I just I noticed that so often in women our age it's just like it's a trend (laughs) and now we're all like oh wait a second I need to like look at this and fix it yeah and I'm just grateful for platforms that exist that are able to get that word out there because I think that people are finding recovery from this at an earlier age than would have been possible yeah without these resources because most people when I go to meetings are on the older side of things and they've gone through multiple divorces multiple Mm. failed relationships and all this like heartache and struggle and something that I always remind myself is I'm grateful I'm finding this at 30 but I also see people finding this at 20 and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, where yes. was I then? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it is exciting that it feels at least, and it might just be my limited bubble that I live in, but it feels like people are being more open to the idea that like, oh, this is dysfunctional. This right. is not healthy. How can I learn to function in this world as a healthier person? Totally. And So that is something that is definitely encouraging to me because I know that so many people struggle with at least some aspect of what we're talking about here. Well, yeah, and I do feel like, I don't know if this was helpful for you, but for me, sometimes I think about like just our access to social media and the internet. Like I feel like we're able to find all of these resources that maybe we would not have ever found otherwise, you know, like we're able to educate ourselves on these things that like we just would not have known existed if it were not for the internet and endless scrolling of Instagram. So sometimes (laughs) I do think like those can be really, really great. You know, we can learn so much from... Yeah, just other people's stories and them sharing. Yeah, there's a lot of content that is worth consuming. Obviously, you have to like walk the fine line of consumption versus action. So like, of course, taking what you're reading and actually applying it to your life as opposed to, oh, that made me feel better. But let me keep continuing doing exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, right. Like, okay, I see myself. But so I'm curious, and I know you have a lot of points you want to cover, but how did you like realize that this was a problem? And how was it showing up in your life? I guess just like what got you? here because I think that codependency seems like something that kind of everybody could really be experiencing in some ways and I'm so curious how you like had the realization that it was a problem how it was showing up in your life and how you like got to the point where you were able to be like this is a problem for me. Yeah. So it's definitely a lifelong journey. But <laughs> Amen. 
I would say just to skip through a lot of stuff that would take up a lot of time that really I knew that like deep down there was something wrong. I had known it my whole entire life and I couldn't necessarily put my finger Mm -hmm. on it. And then I think having my DUI and then living a more sober life where I was not coping with alcohol um, led to me being able to face a few more things. And that being said, I entered into a relationship that really helped propel me into understanding that there were problems in my life Mm. that needed to be fixed and faced that I had not been willing to look at. And so that was a huge part of it. But it was also really interesting because I remember going to therapy and uh, it was my first time going to therapy. I was so nervous. And I, in hindsight, spent the first three months (laughs) talking about my relationship and other people. Ooh, and interesting. I had no idea that that was problematic. Mm. I thought that that's what people yeah, do. That's what you do like, in therapy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's everyone else's problem. And Ugh. not even like it, they need to fix me, but I just had such a low sense of self. Of course, yeah. That I didn't know how to check in and be like, what is going on in Stacia's world? My world was created by those around me. So when I went to therapy, all I did was end up talking about everyone else, which huh, my therapist was like, oh, have you ever thought about codependency? Have you ever uh. explored this? And I was like, Pfft codependent I'm like independent woman don't need no man like Uh, I've been doing everything for myself my whole life and like and your therapist is like uh so (laughs) p.s just to let you know so yeah it was uh, it was definitely something that had been brought to my attention a few times and I like gently explored it but I still didn't really understand it and I think it's one of those things where if you stay open to the possibilities in life, it, it will come to you when yeah, you're so ready. True. And it took a lot for me to be ready to get to that point. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a, a wild, journey. wild ride. I do think <laughs> you bring up such a good point and there's, I'm going to misquote it, but there's like a meme about this. I feel like when a lot of people start going to therapy or like seeing a psychiatrist or whatever, it does sort of like, present or start as being like oh I have this like really frustrating relationship with my friend or like my boss or my spouse and then like you know that's it's the gateway really just a mirror to totally. your relationship with yourself <laughs> yeah but I think that's like an easier you know thing to go into and you don't necessarily realize like oh I am also impacting this too but I think there's like a I'm going to misquote it. I'll try to find it. But it's like people go to therapy to talk about people who are not in therapy or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's way better worded. But I think that that you bring up a really good point and a really common trend I find when I talk to my friends about therapy or like my own therapy experiences. We all like the gateway drug is going and complaining about somebody else. And then you realize that like you are the one that needs to fix things. Um, Yeah, that is oh, oh, so very true. And it's actually really funny because literally two days ago I was on a walk with my sister and she's like do you remember when you were not in a relationship (laughs) and you were like how do I go to couples therapy because like I want to figure that out and she was like well Stacia you're not in a relationship and I'm like yeah I know but like 
I want to go to couples therapy. <laughs> She's like, you are insane. So like, that's how bad my codependency was that I was like, I don't need to go to therapy for me. I just need to go to couples therapy to totally. figure out how to be in a relationship. Totally. But, yeah. It was, yeah, that was, that doesn't work. So. It's that classic thing. I feel like every woman our age has been in this situation where it's like, wow, all my relationships are the exact same. All these guys are assholes. And then you're like, oh wait, what's the common denominator uh, <laughs> yeah, that might be the opportunity to look at yourself in the mirror a little bit, which is like really scary and terrifying. Mm, totally, totally. And so it's I scary to understand. be like, oh, I'm allowing this to happen in some ways. You know, that's a mm. wild, mm. wild realization. It is wild. And I think that like something too that helped me to understand how codependency like presented itself in my life was just reading through some of the signs that you might be codependent. So like if you, if any of this at all has been ringing true, I definitely pay attention because these are some signs that like codependency is entrenched in your life just a little bit. So if your relationships lack boundaries, which yay, boundaries, so much fun to learn about boundaries Mm, and how to implement them. (laughs) That has been a really fun part of the journey. You often feel resentful or taken advantage of because people don't give back as much as you give. So I definitely struggled with this one a lot in my life. I was like constantly giving, giving and giving Mm, and hating everybody because I didn't get what I wanted back. And like that means that like my giving was never genuine or sincere and really pretty toxic and came from a place of lack and low self-worth, which anyway. So if you are often feeling resentful for what you're giving to others, there's a good chance you are not setting boundaries that are keeping yourself safe because Mm. then you would not resent yourself. So Mm. if if you find resentfulness in your life that's like a little like oh pay attention (laughs) yeah yeah interesting and another one that I struggled with was believing that you're responsible for other people's feelings so in my family dynamic the way that I felt safe was by doing what I could to control other people's emotions which essentially presented itself as like okay dad's angry what can I do so that he's less angry and my mom's this way so what can I do to make sure she feels better and so I spent my whole life Mm. paying attention to how other people were responding to their environment and then doing my best to make sure that everybody was okay interesting because I had to make sure that everybody was okay so this one definitely hits home because in all my romantic relationships in all relationships I've always felt this sense of responsibility for other people's feelings as well as like I would take on their emotions as my own so like I would just be like give me whatever bad feeling you're feeling and I will hold it for you because I don't want you to have to hold it totally but then who's holding space for Stacia no one Yeah, pretty sad. But it's I think that that's something that I am not alone in feeling. Yeah. And you might also be very critical of yourself and highly fearful of receiving criticism from others. And again, I'm like, yay, okay, check. (laughs) Because I know that my sister, my sister-in-law, friends, different people have come forward as I've gone through this journey and be like, Stacia, I was terrified to give you any feedback. Interesting. Because if I did, you would put me down you would get angry you would get defensive you would get mean and I was just like oh my god like I like that was a really really hard one for me to face because I was like why was it so hard for me to 
accept criticism, especially from people that I know and trust. Like, yes, criticism from somebody where it's like, you don't know me, like whatever. But when it was coming from somebody, I took that as such a rejection yeah. and abandonment that it felt like death. So I could not comprehend <laughs> Sorry, or not accept funny, it. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's like most of these things in my life I've come to realize I associated with like, oh, if you stand up for yourself, you will die. Right. So it's, it's, totally. <laughs> well, and the it subconscious also, is tricky. <laughs> it is tricky. And it also sounds like, of course you like didn't want feedback because you were trying so hard. Like I'm sure you were just exhausted. And so then it's like, don't give me feedback. I'm like doing everything I can to like not get your feedback you know to make everything perfect so Mm. I mean this sounds so exhausting I like just want to give this version of Stacia (laughs) a hug and be like come to the bright side (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've worked on giving that Stacia a hug very often that's part of the whole like inner child healing that's very very effective and important if you Embark on that terrifying yeah. journey. <laughs> so how do you feel? I feel like people joke about codependency a lot. How does that make you feel? Like, I feel like if that's something that I've heard when I was prepping for this episode of people being like, oh, we're so codependent. And it's like, do you really know what codependency is? And also, like, how do you feel when people joke about it or when you see it come up and people clearly don't know that it's problematic? I mean, honestly, I think that where I'm at on my journey, I'm grateful that as we have this conversation, I can be lighthearted about some of this stuff because really the truth of the matter is codependency destroyed my life. Mm. And I feel like for the first time in my entire life that I am actually living and I don't feel like I was living before then. And so, yes, it definitely is something that needs to be taken seriously. And I remember from one of my meetings, we the whole theme of it was codependency kills. Mm. And it was going through all these examples of people putting themselves into danger because they were so afraid to stand up for themselves and their truth. Yeah. And it really is a debilitating problem. So I don't I don't necessarily have any super I mean everybody's going to troll so like I'm not too <laughs> so true. I'm not too offended by what people have to say if it's in a negative way. I just think that it's important to be able to look at yourself with a sense of compassion, lightheartedness mm-hmm. and it's okay that this is how it was because now you know better and you can make new choices for yourself and that's okay. And so I'm grateful to have the opportunity to laugh and look back on it and share my story in a way that hopefully empowers others to just look inside themselves for areas that they might be feeling these things. Mm, so good. And it's, I just think, yeah, I mean, I think education and talking about these things is so important. Cause like I was saying in our last episode, I never would have realized I had an eating disorder had I not read an article about orthorexia and maybe mm-hmm. somebody, one of our listeners or someone will learn something really great about codependency or some resources that they could share. I mean, I think, and I know Stacia, you're very similar, but I, my mindfulness practice and all of my my therapy has like really (laughs) encouraged me to constantly just be evaluating every relationship and asking Mm -hmm. hard questions. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's so important and it's scary at first, but the more you do it, the more it's like just a really great check-in that you can do. 
and it just starts to make everything better. And something that I will get into more when it comes to recovery and working a 12-step program, Mm -hmm. that's something that's really nice about a 12-step program is it's not like you work through the 12 steps and you're like, okay, check, done, I'm recovered. They are meant to be a tool that you get to keep going back to Mm -hmm. in order to help you on your journey. And another thing, so like, just as far as recognizing if you are codependent, yeah. they something that was like one of my big aha moments was going to my first meeting. And I'll tell you what propelled me to do that in yes, a little bit. Yes, so stay tell tuned. us, tell us. <laughs> but I remember going to that first meeting and they hand you a pamphlet and it's like, these are what the characteristics of codependency are. And you read through this list of things and you're just like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> okay. Like if I didn't think I was codependent before, <laughs> I can definitely recognize Here I'm codependent am. now. Yeah, totally. And there's like, it's interesting because I think just as far as what codependency looks like, I like that they break it up into categories and it's broken up into five different categories mm, that are low self-esteem, compliance, control, denial, and avoidance. And so within these, there are different characteristics that fall within all those patterns. So again, it's like identifying like, okay, if you identify that you have low self-esteem, you're probably going to notice you identify with most of the patterns underneath low self-esteem and how that presents itself Mm -hmm. in codependency. And it's so funny because I remember going to my meeting and we read through the patterns and we get to this one and it's like, perceives themselves as completely unselfish and dedicated to the well-being of others. And I remember reading that and being like, wait, what's wrong with that? Like, I literally did not see the problem with that behavior. Yeah, why is that a bad thing? I was like, that's really good. Like, I'm the most selfless person in the world and all I do is help others. Like, excuse me, I am a saint, so I don't know what you're talking about that this isn't good behavior. interesting. (laughs) And so that was one of, like, really going through those patterns. And again, I will link up the website. Yeah, please do. Coda.org, which I've mentioned before, but I will include a second link that links to the patterns and characteristics of codependency because I know that for me... Just reading through those really helped me to identify the areas in which I was codependent. And it was like a really big aha wake up moment for me. And it also helped, for better or worse, that I was in a relationship that was extremely codependent. Mm. And so it was a chance for me to begin to look at that relationship and figure out the ways in which I was codependent, which that being said, there's a lot of stuff that it took me a long time to realize. And I didn't truly understand now until hindsight, which of course is like 2020. But just for example, like when you talk about how detrimental codependency can be to one's life. I just want to give you a little insight into what my life looked like. And now again, I want to preface this with, I think it's so interesting, just a little side note on social media and how we all idealize the people that we see. So true. And when I looked like I was thriving at my most, my entire life was falling apart. And I felt so broken and just 
I had no sense of purpose, no sense of self. And it was a really dark and scary place. But I think what other people were seeing was me in this relationship that I was always posting smiling pictures about and my business, my clients, life is good. But really, my life was completely unmanageable. And I was going through some serious shit. And within this relationship, I, for example, how codependency presents itself in a relationship. I had gotten my dream job as a personal trainer Mm -hmm. at this really elite, awesome gym. And then I met my partner and he was long distance. And so we were traveling to see each other. And then my work got in the way of me being able to travel and see him. So I quit my job. Oh my gosh. So that is example number one, which to be fair, I wasn't truly happy where I was at. And so it was partially my own decision of what was going to be best. It's complicated, yeah. Yeah, it was complicated, but that was something like looking back on where it's like, okay, abandoned self, congratulations. And then I entered into this period of unemployment where we were still long distance and I literally spent a majority of the time obsessing about him, about what he was doing, when is he going to call me? What is he thinking? Oh, interesting. And reading books and learning about relationships and obsessing about the relationship. So there was very little time for me to think about anything else in my life, oh, let alone girl. my own wants, needs, desires, et cetera. And mind you, this is 29 years old. Yeah. Like this, this is, sounds so exhausting. Like this just sounds like so much work. Yeah. And it was just a series of completely neglecting my own needs. And in yeah. the defense of the person I was in relationship with, they never asked this of me. They never demanded this of me. Of course not. Yeah. This was all my own choice and my own suffering that I had created for myself. So I take responsibility for how exhausting it was to be so obsessive and all consumed in this relationship that I was not doing anything to take care of myself. So like, yeah, it was just a series of completely neglecting my own needs and breaking up, getting back together. The relationship was full of extremes from like the best experiences I've ever had in my entire life to like literally the worst. And so it was very up and down, which is very common in unhealthy, toxic, codependent relationships where people are emotionally addicted because when you're emotionally addicted you're like seeking those highs and those lows because you're addicted to the emotions that come with it well and I'm so glad that you made the point to Stacia of like externally it looked great because I you know now that I know you I remember this time and I remember just thinking like oh Stacia looks like so fucking happy she's just like like I remember having a lot of jealousy and just like a lot of like oh like her life just looks perfect and so just a reminder for everybody you never know what's really happening with somebody and things might look perfect you know but yeah I feel like I projected so much Because it was a way to continue the fantasy that if I just like convinced everyone else that everything was okay, that I would be okay. And so it wasn't even necessarily to brag. I think it was like a defense of like, no, Stacia, like, this is good. Your relationship is happy. You guys are happy. And like, look, we are happy. But really, and again, like, there were a lot of really wonderful moments and memories in this relationship. Of course, yeah, of course. But but it was also just so toxic, unhealthy on both of our parts. Like, there, it was was not a good fit. My therapist said it was like mixing two elements together that create dynamite. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's amazing. <laughs> like when you think of people bringing out the worst in each other, we were definitely really, really good at doing that. Yeah. But for me, part of my codependency was like 
I was obsessed with finding someone else to live their life for them so that I wouldn't have to live my life for myself because it was too scary. So that gate, like all relationships just gave me an excuse to hide from myself Mm. and then waited for someone else to live because like I basically entered into that relationship. We became completely enmeshed and I did everything for him in the sense of like, I want to see you succeed. I want to see you happy because then therefore I am happy and I'm okay. And all those feelings, whereas like in a healthy relationship, sure, it's great to have your partner support you and do these things, but you also need to be doing those things for yourself. (laughs) Right. And I totally see the appeal of being like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I love this person. So I'm just going to be really supportive and follow, you know, like we all think that's a good thing to do, right? And you hear all these people who get all these like, oh, she'll just follow, you know, he moves for work all the time. And we're not saying that's a, you know, Stacia and I aren't saying that's a bad thing. Obviously don't be like (laughs) an asshole, but it is, there's a really fine line of like, am I doing this for myself or is this just a really unhealthy relationship of me not like really looking at what I want and what I need. And I think that like something I have an awesome resource that I want to go over in a minute. Yes, please. uh, (laughs) Give us all the resources. Just tools that have helped me to discover like, oh my gosh, okay, yes, this is very present in my life and this is what it looks like. But something that was like so freaking eye-opening for me and it's so wild because I'm just like, Oh, again, hindsight is so precious, but (laughs) I found this post and it was like talking about a codependent relationship versus a healthy relationship. And Mm. so after reading through it, I was like, oh my gosh, all my relationships fall into this category. And it was really fascinating because I think that maybe, especially if you've had relationships that were not super healthy and then ended badly and whatever else, you might hear this and be like, Oh, that is exactly how that relationship unfolded. So in a codependent relationship, it starts with an intense attraction and you feel this anxiousness and then you will tend to idealize and ignore the differences in that person. And then you will fall in love and make commitments and then you get to know each other, which seems oh, silly in hindsight. Yeah. Like, huh, maybe you should do that before steps two and three, but whatever. Then you get to know the person, you become disappointed. Mm. And so in an effort to cling to this fantasy and idea of who you created them to be, you then try to change that partner to fit the ideal that you have in your head and end up feeling resentful and unloved. Yeah. And I was Ugh. like, oh, wow. Every okay. relationship like- ever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so you mean like when I met that guy and after five days of spending time together, we exchanged trinkets and then I flew to England for two weeks to meet his family and stay with them. Oh my God, yeah. That wasn't love. That was just toxic attraction. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was just my triggering all of my unconscious bullshit and trauma from childhood. (laughs) I fucking blame like movies for that. Oh, girl. Music, cosmopolitan, like how love is shown to us in all movies is so fucking codependent. It's terrible. Yeah, because you think like you grow up thinking like, oh, this is how it should be. It should be like I've mentioned before, I coach teenage girls and I see it with them all the time of like the drama and their relationships. Mm -hmm. And you just want to be like, it should not be this 
dramatic. Like there is when, especially when you're like 16, you know, like this is the time to have fun. And like, but it's because we've all been shown that and we've been taught like, oh, that's, I don't know. I feel like movies really portray the, like the really complicated tumultuous ones are the ones where they have a deep connection and everyone who just gets along fine. It's like not real love. And it's like, oh, that's Can we also just talk about like any Disney movie? It never actually shows what happens once you fall in love. Right. It like sells the fantasy of like falling in love, but doesn't ever show the work that requires. And also now that I have entered like deeply into recovery, it's just funny watching certain movies and certain TV shows. And like, I'm just like jaw dropping. Like I remember watching Sex in the City. I believe it was the second one, the movie. And Carrie is sitting there with Big and she's like, yeah, I want to get married. I want to get married. And he's like, well, I don't really care. And she's like, oh, uh, okay. Well, like, yeah, I mean, we don't have to get married. It's okay. And I was like, Mm. what the fuck? Like, no. Girl, no. Don't do that. I know. You literally have something that your heart wants. And then you just completely abandon that because that person doesn't want that. And I'm like, that is not okay. And the fact that we are shown this and even just Carrie and Big's relationship throughout the seasons of oh, the show Big is, is such like, an asshole. Yes. And the, but she, he's the one she ends up with. Also, and so I don't really like, like Carrie that much. No, I know. Me, yeah, okay, me neither. Okay. <laughs> we need to dive into Let's this on another episode. <laughs> Carrie, I think is so irritating for so many yeah. reasons. Like so, so many unhealthy like thought patterns. Really? 100%. And also, like I grew up I didn't have a lot of really good role models so for me my holy grail bible of learning how to be a woman was cosmopolitan Mm -hmm. which I can't even begin to explain how toxic the messaging was when I was a kid to be reading every month like I looked forward to my subscription and I would look through it because it's what held the secret to how to get a man to fall in love with me totally and to feel loved and to finally be okay and all I had to do was just learn how to please a man yes Exactly. And that's like totally what those magazines and those movies were like all about back then. And now like uh, I get so excited for like teenagers now because they just have such a better they have more knowledge and like better Mm -hmm. representation. And also like I feel like some of the movies that were really popular when we were like in high school, I watch them now and I'm like, this is fucking garbage. And also this would never, ever, ever get released now because it's like toxic or like misogynistic or whatever. Oh, like yeah. you know Dan and I will watch movies and we're like oh my god why did we watch this this is terrible why did our parents let us watch this like the examples that they're giving are so bad but I think you know it makes sense that so many people our age are codependent or like starting to realize this because we don't have a really great example or didn't I should say growing up yeah and I think that uh... I remember, I see something on TikTok where it present like somebody did the exact same thing and they're like, decided to watch some like of my old favorites. And all of a sudden it's like misogyny, racism, bigotry. Yes. And it's like rape just disguised as teen antics. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. This is such toxic messaging and I'm sorry, but like this does have an effect on people. It totally does. And this infiltrates your subconscious And it helps to form your beliefs, especially if you don't have a solid, firm foundation from which your beliefs are being built upon. Like, if you look out to culture to tell you who to be, you are going to become one fucked up version of yourself. Especially, like, Stacia, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but I feel like especially when you're growing up in a small town and there's just not that many examples of, like, life, because it's a small fucking literal island. And so you're (laughs) watching all these movies, and yeah, it's... It's so terrible. 
I mean, it's not terrible. Like we also had, you know, Vashon is a great place to grow up. But sometimes I think about just the time that we were growing up and the resources that we had. And Mm -hmm. just like when you're in a small town, you don't have access to all of these different like things just that people growing up in a city have. And I'm able to see now ways that that shaped me really positively, but also really negatively, like just through the media. You know, you really I felt like I really relied on media to show me what the world was like because we lived on a literal island. (laughs) Now I look back and I'm like, whoa. (laughs) And think about at the time too, like I will say that growing up, if you are now having been a teenager going up through social media, which we were not, Mm -hmm. I do think that it has its blessings and its curses Mm -hmm. because from a way to be like, wow, lucky them, we were only shown what TV and the magazines wanted us to see. Totally. So we were never even exposed to bodies that looked different from the ideal beauty. We were never exposed to thoughts other than those of our peers, which we grew up on a mostly white, very white, not yeah. diverse island. And so there's just these things that I see as an opportunity and a blessing with the rise of social media is that it exposes you to more ideas. And again, you Mm -hmm. have to be mindful of how you consume it. But if I had known that like there was other ways of existing besides what Cosmopolitan told me and watching the OC taught me. Oh, the OC is so good, but so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like I might've actually stood a chance. And again, like there's certainly a lot of psychological depression and problems that come with social media for kids these days. So I'm not saying like, oh, they have it so easy because now they know better, but it is just interesting to know that they do have access to a wider world view that I don't think was really available to us. Mm, snaps. Totally agree. Mm, mm, mm. So I know that a lot of this led you into, you are in a 12 step program now, which I am so fascinated by. Um, I have so many questions for you, but that's going to be the next episode. Yes. So it really boiled down to something that I had been thinking about. And then it was after one particularly awful fight where I was like, what is happening in my life? This is out of control and something needs to be done. And I'm just really grateful because I had some resources to explore that led me to recovery and my 12 step program and so many wonderful gifts that I am so excited to share with you. And one of the great things about recovery is it's through our struggle and our strength that we share our hope and that there is always hope in recovery and a better way of life and living than you have known. And I am living proof of that. And Mm. I'm here to tell you that it is possible. And I am so excited to get to share what recovery has looked like and the things that I've learned there. So You are such an inspiration. I cannot wait. So next episode, guys, tune in. We're really excited to have you back next week. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. And please, 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 from the bottom of my heart, one of my favorite things to do is to be there to support anyone who has any questions or any just anything you want to talk about in regards to what came up for you during this episode I am all ears Mm. and just here to lend a helping hand in any way that I can because it really does make my life when I get to help others because it really has saved my life and I'm so Mm. excited to get to spread the message of recovery to others which by the way, is the 12th step. So thank you all for helping me work my steps. Oh my God, I didn't even know that. So great. Okay, so on that note, what is your yay for the day? Oh, goodness gracious. I forgot we still do that. I know, (laughs) surprise. 
which by the way, it is May. So we're celebrating our yay for the day every day in May. So don't forget to do that. Join us in that yeah, fun adventure. Yeah, come hang out. I've been loving seeing everybody. People post have what had the cutest have. stuff. Like it's just, yeah, it's been really fun to see what people have been it posting. Is really nice because it just continues to make my heart fill with more gratitude mm-hmm. when I see other people expressing their gratitude. And I'm like, yay. Yay. So maybe that is my yay for the day. Oh, is that I love that. I have loved watching other people share their gratitude and their daily joy with us. And a lot of times it is something simple. Like I love what one listener, Callie, had posted about being able to go to Costco and Mm. shop for her family and provide food and be in a place where she has the resources and ability to do that. And it's something that it would be really easy to take for granted. But I think especially given with everything going on, that it's one of those moments that you really are like, wow, I'm really grateful for the position that I am in right now. Truly, I know. So much gratitude. So that is my yay for the day is getting to celebrate all of your yays for the day. Oh my God, that's such a good one. keep sharing. Wow, I wish that I had gone first. (laughs) Did not have to follow that up. You're going to have a good one. I know it. I posted this as my yay for the day yesterday, but I also feel like when we record, it's like my yay for the week. We record (laughs) once a week, except for today. We're recording twice today. Anyway, my yay for the day is yesterday. It was my friend. 30th birthday and she lives like a block and a half away from me she's like I would say my quarantine friend she's like the only person I've really allowed myself to see outside of my house during quarantine and a lot of it is just because like she lives down the street but so she's not from here she's from California and so she had organized a zoom call for all of her friends for brunch on Sunday and we were like my husband and I were like dude why don't you just like come over to our house and we'll make you brunch because no one should make their own birthday brunch and because we couldn't go out and just because I like you can only watch The Office so many times over the weekend I (laughs) got really crafty and I like made her a birthday banner and like you know just kind of old school birthday things that were really fun and then we surprised her by getting a bunch of people to drive by our house all at one time and like honk their horns and they made her signs and people were like handing her flowers and it was just really cute yeah it was really cute and it also was a good reminder for me that like my inclination before quarantine for my friend's birthday had been like I need to get them the like nicest gift possible Mm -hmm. right but like 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 yesterday I just you know I bought groceries and we bought like dessert and just like planned this really fun day and it was a reminder to me that like that is more important than things and I'm excited it was a gift from your heart it was a gift from my heart guys which is so much more meaningful (laughs) and I'm just excited because I feel like for everybody quarantine is really shifting our worldview and our perspective and just like how we engage with people and I was like man I just want to do like fun things like this all the time and not get caught up am I taking my friend you know to like a fancy cocktail bar or like am I buying them something really fancy and nice so that was my yay it was really fun all the people who came in the parade were like so excited to be in a parade and it was just a great day so that's my yay. that sounds amazing that is a very big yay it was thank you for fun. sharing Lizzie. yeah of course <laughs> and thank you listeners for tuning into this yeah. episode and continuing to share your gratitude with us we are so thankful for you and for all of your positive feedback and for writing those positive reviews keep those coming we love to read those and 
we look forward to you tuning into part two. And if you haven't already, make sure you also tune into our mini episode that dropped today, Monday, mm, which mm, will be in its two days ago. So hopefully you've seen it. But just in case, it's our little update on quarantine and sobriety. So yeah, want to give it a quick little it's listen. It's very good. And remember, guys, hey, you got this. Thank you.